Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the official Doctor Who podcast. I'm Crystal D. I'm Terrell Charles. I'm Juno Dawson. And with the help of Doctor Who's head writer, Russell C. Davis, we're going to be discussing the latest episode, The Wild Blue Yonder. Ooh. And of course, we have our sealed orders from Rassalong telling us what to talk about. But first, if you haven't seen the episode, go and watch it, then come back here, because there'll be spoilers. And without further ado, Terrell, do you mind doing the honours? Uh, I would mind because I think Juno's got number one. <laughs> I really <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go in. Let's let's do this. Here we go. Okay. The first topic for this week is secrecy. Mm. Oh. Well, on that note, I think we've got a clip from Russell. <gasps> Hello, faithful podcasters. Welcome to Wild Blue Yonder. And Wild Blue Yonder, which one is it? See, I never remember. It's wild, isn't it? That's the proper word. Um, that's the proper lyric. And, um, you see, we kept this programme secret. We kept the plot of this secret. It's probably leaked by the time this gets here. But we kept this very secret. I think that might have had an unfortunate effect. I think everyone's expecting Matt Smith and Peter Capaldi and the ghost of William Hartnell riding on the back of the Garm on board this spaceship was actually, I kept the secret for a very simple reason. Partly because I think it's nice to keep some episodes completely secret, but also because this is actually the simplest one of the lot. If you describe this episode, so they arrive on a station and meet, uh, they arrive on a spaceship and they meet evil versions of themselves. That's it. That's it. There's nothing more. That's it. Do they win? Yes, they do. Of course they do. I mean, with a star beast, you could sort of say, oh, well, the meep turns out to be evil. And, and actually, that's about Donna. The other episodes are more complicated. This is so simple. That's why I kept it secret. But I wonder if that's had an unfortunate effect and made it disappointingly simple on its broadcast. First use and last use of the word disappointingly. <laughs> we'll allow it this one. I love the idea that we are Russell's Charlie's Angels as soon as he said good morning, mm, Russell. It's so awesome. <laughs> it's all I've ever wanted in life. I mean, I certainly wasn't disappointed. No, not, not in, the, in slightest. the slightest. I mean, it was absolutely amazing. And I honestly couldn't have expected anything quite like what we've just seen. Mm. You know, so weird and, and wonderful. And I do think in the trailer, if you were to show, you know, the Doctor and Donna with some duplicates of themselves, you might just think Zygons. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it would have had that. It doesn't have the context, you know. Mm -hmm. you know? So um, I think it's really good that this was kept secret. And yes, there are lots of theories about whether certain characters will come back because it's a 60th. Yeah. But I, I, I think people are going to, you know, I think they're going to be pleasantly surprised by this one. It was menacing. You know, I, was, I wasn't expecting any sort of starry cameos. I, I just think it's also audacious because I think we're, we're used to knowing a bunch of stuff before we go in. And I think, like Russell said, if if we had known ahead of time that 
the Doctor and Donna face terrifying versions of themselves, Mm -hmm. the first half of the episode would have really suffered. And I was Mm. on the edge of my seat. I know that's trite, but I really was because... You know, as a fan, you're like, is it the Mara? Is yeah. it Prisoner of Zero or something? You know, you, yeah. what could it be? And, and the fact that they've managed to pull it off, you know, I don't think anything's leaked. I've certainly not seen anything anywhere. And so I think I think it really worked. I think this one is scary and very, very gothic. That's the word I'm going to keep coming back to, I oh, think. Oh, I like yeah. it. I you're, like uh, it. You're right. And I think marketing-wise, especially from, like, the perspective of Doctor Who fans that have, you know, seen it all, if you were to just just purely see, oh, the Doctor and Donna face the Doctor and Donna. To be honest, it's a concept that, without context, has been done before. The flesh, Prisoner Zero, mm-hmm. the Doctor's looked at himself like a million and one times. Um, so if you saw that in a trailer, you might think, oh, it's another one of those. Maybe that's, that'd be a good thing from one perspective. You're excited about it. But actually, not seeing how they are portrayed, what they are, why they're doing what they're doing. And I love not knowing anything about it because on one hand, it's like, oh, okay, evil versions of them, cool. Then they start morphing into the things of nightmares. I'm so glad I didn't know that was going to happen <laughs> mm-hmm. because yes. I, my jaw was just dropped. Then I have a problem with the jaw. It's the knees. How many knees? Two. Two in total? Or two on each leg? I'm just, I'm so glad we didn't know anything. Yeah. I think anybody who was disappointed, I think the fact that Doctor Who has endured for 60 years is because it's a show that looks forward as Mm -hmm. well as backwards. And of course, it's lovely that we've got Meep and next week we've got the Celestial Toymaker and obviously we've got the Doctor and Donna back anyway. Mm -hmm. And of course, Will. And I must admit, I did when, when it was announced that Russell T Davis was coming back to Doctor Who. I was a bit like, why? Like, it's, it's like getting back together with your ex-girlfriend. Or boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. I was like, like, they broke up 15 years mm. ago. Like, why Why would you go back? And this is why. Mm. Because there's never been an episode of Doctor Who like that in 60 years. Not one as weird and strange, mm-hmm. as scary in some ways. I, I, I thought it was a really scary episode. And I think that's maybe why Russell wanted to go back. Because he's like, there are mm. still new ways for me to tell this story about this man with this time machine. I agree. I agree. And I'll, I'll say this because I, I thought it the entire way through. And by the end, I was like, yeah, I'm saying this. I think that was, for me, one of the best episodes of Doctor Who I've ever watched. Oh, it gave there me, we go. I will say that mm. confidently. Um, I, it gave me the impressions of the more experimental episodes of Doctor Who. And those are all my favorite. Mm-hmm. My mind went to Midnight, mm-hmm. Blink. Yeah. I forgot the name of it, but the episode where the uh, Amy and Rory are trapped in the TARDIS. Like those sort of, of weird. Life, yeah. Doctors, yeah, yeah. Those weird concepts, I think. Doctor Who lends itself to so much because you already don't really understand everything. The, co- the idea is that it's a wibbly wobbly timey wimey. Mm-hmm. You don't get it, mm-hmm. but when you get into a perspective of oh, even the Doctor doesn't know what's going on, mm-hmm. it adds this whole new layer of like tension, and that makes for the best episodes. It's interesting. It is like watching Midnight for the first time. Mm-hmm. It is because and the I thought the banging as well. The was banging like... reminded me of it. Like what's that noise? And what is that? Stop thinking. Um, and yeah, when I when I first watched Midnight, the entire time it was like, oh yeah, there's this is thing I don't know what it is, but the Doctor figures it out. This time, the Doctor doesn't know. Do you think they're the same species? They could. They be. feel could be. it feels similar, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, mm. you know, I hadn't thought until you just said, but actually, formless. yeah, something you know we don't find out in Midnight what's banging and what I love we we don't find out quite mm. what, what those, it is. 
entities and they are. try and take they take the form of uh, Silvestri, mm. don't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll absorb. Ooh, they'll maybe absorb it's a their sequel minds. to yeah. Midnight. Mm-hmm. Rise up, Midnight. Oh, I like it. I like yeah. it. Shall we open up another envelope? Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Well, I've got number two, so I'm going to go next. <laughs> you said number two. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, it's not that kind of podcast. Okay. Ah, we're in space. Yes. Well, we are. Yes, yes, that is everything. I love the statement, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> we're in space. I guess, uh, well, the first episode was very much on Earth, and, you know, we've gone mm-hmm. to the farest reaches of the universe, further than we've ever gone before, um, if that's even possible. Um, what did we make of that? Loved the idea of it, especially because I think for the, the for the Doctor to say, I've never been here before, it's the, it's the edge of the universe, I promise you he's said that a few times. He's and always he, saying that. At this point, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, he's talking in hyperbole. But I really liked that, and this is where I'm getting, getting extra levels of nerdy, that they quite literally went to the physical end of the known universe. Mm. I think it really dipped into the whole idea of, I don't know if it was Einstein or whoever said, the universe is just this one thing that just keeps on expanding and then there's, there's physically nothing we can even perceive past the edge of the universe because it's just nothingness. Yeah. And I like that Russell just said, well, what if we just delved into the nothingness like what's there yeah. and it, just, just, it opens a well of creativity that nothing at the edge of creation absolute nothingness it's part of sort of the grand tradition of science fiction that space is scary that sense of uncanny is always mm. is always really important for science fiction, and I think especially when I it's when they first saw the pilot's chair. Of course, my mind went to Alien, and I and I wonder if that was on Russell's mind as well. And the spaceship looked absolutely fantastic, and actually, I think we might have another message from Russell. Ooh. Faithful podcasters, um, I think people were look. People expect you to base episodes on old episodes, or classic episodes like Genesis of the Daleks and the Caves of Androzani, or Blink, or you know the Timeless Child. I don't think anyone really expected me to base an episode on Underworld because that's what we've done. We've got special effects corridors all the way through. We've got corridors that the cast aren't really in, just like they did all those years ago. That probably took you by surprise. And I, I'm very proud. We worked very hard on that. I'm very proud of it. But be honest. Tell me what you think. Yeah, I guess it is like a green screen episode, isn't it? My first thought, actually, especially when they were running down the uh, the corridors, was how they filmed it and whether mm. or not they were using treadmills. Because <laughs> I just I love this vision of David Tennant and Catherine Tate in a in a Cardiff studio, like running on a treadmill. <laughs> yeah, and then another vision of David Tennant on all fours. Like, <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, like all the all of the, all of the stuff they would have had to capture for that. So I said on the last episode that I I love things to be physically rendered, Mm. but I think, and again, I'm going to use another word I used last week, it was so expensive that it looked, (laughs) because I think, and God love Underworld. It's so weird, I'm re-watching that season at the moment. I have not seen Underworlds. Can you explain, like, what the concept of that is? I can. So it was from the mid-70s. It was the fourth Doctor and Leela. Um, It was... Really, that season was when they really got in to using what we now call green screen. Before that, there hadn't been very much of it in Doctor Who. And I think somebody at the time was a bit kid in a candy store. And we're like, we've got this amazing new technology. Let's use it. But what it looks like is it looks like the very worst 
CGI you've ever seen with little sort of people bobbing around in front of a photograph of some caves. It didn't look good. And it was kind of at the detriment of the story. And, it, and it's from that, you know, the worst critics of Doctor who said, oh, it looks naff, horrible special effects. And, you know, bless, bless them for trying. It was a brave new world of special effects. Whereas now, somewhat 40 years later, nobody could accuse it of having poor special effects. And I thought the corridor was beautifully realised, especially when it moved around and the way the walls moved and the pistons went up and down, and I yeah. thought that was fantastic. What was that? Could have been darker. I think that would have really dialed mm. up even scarier. Yeah. I think, because my favourite thing about Alien and Event Horizon, which are, to be fair, 18 certificate, and we do have to bear in mind that Doctor Who is not 18 certificate, but so they're very, like very dark and claustrophobic. Um, but th that would be my only niggle other than that. I thought it was beautifully realised. Yeah. Well, I think they, they, I mean, I would say they had a kind of a mixture of that because you had some scenes where you're in that giant corridor, but then you had a lot where you were in those tight, cramped vent spaces. Loved that, yeah. And yeah. I, I do, my instinct is that the big, the massive sort of main set piece, the big corridor was that bright. To me, I appreciate it because you can kind of get a sense of the scale. Mm -hmm. Because rather than me looking at, oh, okay, maybe that's a green screen, everything looks so tall and wide that my brain kind of had to like configure to be like, I know it's probably a green screen, but how? Where does the the physical set end and where does the green yeah. screen start? I think it was very seamless. I'm not sure there was any helped. physical set. Yeah, I think in that corridor particularly, mm -hmm. yeah. and then there were obviously the little side sets, um, mm. which I think looked like physical sets. To climb up, yeah. Um, I absolutely loved the big arms, like the big like <gasps> yes. rubber, like you know, because obviously there is still some, um, you know, obviously with the set design and the kind of costumes mm. and prosthetics, like mm. there is some real stuff as well. Yeah, and yeah, it was just absolutely bonkers. You can do whatever you want. I just want to say it's very nice to meet you. I'm the Doctor. This is Donna. How are they? You can just get those bodies to calm down. We can talk. Yeah, insane. Freaked me out. It's horrified. OK, I think it's time to open another envelope. All right. Terrell, would you like to do the honours? I would love to do the honours. Let's see what's in envelope number three. And it is... Oh, perfect. Last thing I said, scary. <laughs> Yay! Yes, it was. <laughs> it was scary. It freaked me out. Did you clock it when the doctor first crouched down there was something quite malevolent about the way yeah. he crouched down and i was like that's Ooh. not right yeah does it just get cold i think so hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There was something, and I, that's presumably just in Tennant's performance, but that was not even, you know, I hadn't, I was like, is that the Doctor? Mm. I'm not sure that's the Doctor. It's interesting, because I think, obviously, hats off to David Tennant and Catherine Tate for their performances. Mm, incredible. It's mm. so subtle, isn't it? Yeah. And you could still sometimes tell which one you know, was the kind of weird duplicate because mm -hmm. there was something in their face that just didn't look right. It was, I think there was a vacancy in the duplicate's faces mm. that was always consistently there, but it was just subtle enough that they, they'd say things and you'd force your perception a little bit to be like, wait, is that Donna? We came from the nothing. 
We are not things. But you... You are not nothing. All right, you're fine. We're quite something. Yeah. It's two kinds of scary. So there's the first, the, the starter of this kind of like the sense of expectation. You know, it's pure 100% horror film, haunted mm. house, except it's a spaceship. So they've gone into the house, you know the house is haunted and you know something's going to jump out of the dark. But then the reveal, and often that's where horror films fudge it, where when you actually see the ghost, it's rubbish. And I could <laughs> name a million horror films where yeah. that's true. But this one... David Tennant mm. doing the spider walk oh. from The Exorcist was not on my bingo card <laughs> for this year. Why does he travel with someone as stupid as you? <laughs> and I did, notably, so weird. Yeah. I expleted, yeah. absolutely not. And yeah. I stand by that. That's going to haunt me. Yeah. It was awful. And you know what it is? It's, was it even just the... The, the, I guess the VFX of of their bodies morphing that was scary as well. But it was the acting behind it too. The the, the scene my mind goes to is when fake Donna melts into a puddle on the oh, floor dang. and just like starts screaming and belt. Physically, it's just like they didn't change too much of her her body other than the, the liquid part. But it was just Catherine Tate's acting was horrifying. You are such a prize. What are yeah. screaming at him it's just, just like the imagery the it's the yeah. imagery it's the sort it's the stuff of nightmares isn't it um the other thing that i found quite scary about it was the heroes turning into something really creepy because obviously the doctor is a character you're supposed to, you're supposed to feel safe with mm-hmm. and the companion and flipping that on its head and making them e- like evil that's super super creepy if i was 8 years old I would definitely be behind the sofa. But that's what Doctor <laughs> Who should be. I yeah. remember being terrified of a tet trap. And I love that years on, there is going to be a generation of kids very uncomfortable mm. yeah. this evening. And even, Sorry, kids. Even in, in modern era, you've had the empty child, you've had midnight blink. Yeah, you've had, there have been, there's been a, a deeply scary thing in virtually every yeah. era of Doctor Who. And I think this is, this was just our update to it. Yeah, and it will yeah. be in my mind forever. You know, the CGI, the morphing does re- remind me of the empty, empty child, child yeah. where the gas mask comes through the, mm-hmm. the Mr. Glass. face, yeah. It's horrible. Well, I think it's time for another envelope. I'm going in. <laughs> and it says, oh, the robot. Oh, I, 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 I thought we'd get more from the robot. Robot, we barely knew you. Oh. Yeah, I, I did want a lot more from the robot. Uh, but I, again, I think it added to the mystery of the episode too, because your mind's like, well, what is this robot doing? Because it, it was there just enough to make you think, what's going on here? Mm. But also, we'll come back to you. We're, we're, we're doing other stuff right now. Yeah. And maybe too much of the robot would have been like a hat on a hat because we're mainly mm. dealing with the doubles, but... If it was a very clever little thing. I wonder if it'll go in, like, in a few years' time, it'll go in one of those, all the people who've died trying to save the Doctor montages, <laughs> like Jay the Tree, <laughs> the hostess from Midnight, the very slow robot. Mm. It'll be in the montage. But mm. it reminded me, obviously, it was giving um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, thought that, I thought the exact same thing. Yeah. Did you clock that things were going slowly? Because obviously the robot's quite rusty. Mm. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be some sort of time travel shenanigans in that mm. corridor. I thought, like, oh, the further away you are, the further you are in time like or something. Like in enough in time. Exactly. Yeah. yeah Davros's head and, in the dome. Like, <laughs> <laughs> take it back. Um, like, well, you know, they, they, they also mentioned the idea of, like, um, because the starlight hasn't reached them yet, they are 
by definition in the future because you know it's the speed of light mm. they're ahead of it but that's just a slow robot yeah. just decided to but be that's so clever though <laughs> and that's why sometimes you're like how do you think of that like and yeah. then the whole thing is solved by a really slow robot which has been programmed by a floating skeleton do you know as you say that that made that did make me think that while the TARDIS was there to make sure that the the duplicates didn't figure things out do you feel like if the Doctor and Donna didn't arrive, then the robot would have just surely eventually just hit the button because yeah. the doubles had nothing to do and yeah. they would have just blown They up. almost stopped it from yeah. working. Yeah. Yeah, they almost ruined everything. Yeah. The bit with the skeleton, though, is pretty dark. And sometimes Doctor Who does touch on these sort of darker subjects. With that, I think it's time to open envelope five. Right. Ooh! Backstory. Again... I think a lot of the scarier elements of the episode was the idea of what we don't know. Mm-hmm. And I like that there wasn't that much backstory. Enough to, to simulate the third mm. acts and to get the get the, the, the pace running again towards the end. Um, but I liked kind of not knowing. Like, again, the back, I don't know what these creatures are by, just by mm. definition. I don't know necessarily why the pilot took this ship so deep. Did it get lost? Did it choose to go there? Um, I I like that there is a backstory, but I also like not knowing too much. Mm. Scarier to not know. Yeah. And exactly. I, I this is my message to the universe. I don't need to ever know who that pilot was. I mm-hmm. thought the design of her was fantastic. She's an enigma. Mm. And obviously I love that she did this incredible heroic act of self-sacrifice to keep this entity at the edge of the universe. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, like I don't I don't I almost don't want to know. But we do know she's a good person. And I think what's really interesting is those sort of weird shapeless creatures had mm-hmm. learned all of this like bad stuff from the universe, but yet that goodness in humanity was still there mm-hmm. in the pilot, even mm-hmm. though you know she was deceased. Yeah. yeah. It's just oh, and, and clever. That that goodness in humanity is ironically what thwarted them. Their whole thing is that they wanted to figure out why the pilot was doing what mm. they were doing, yet they were fueled by all the worst parts of the of the universe. Yet taking that, they were like, oh, okay. But actually, it was the good parts of the universe that were secretly working the entire time to slow him down. I'm going to stop you there because Russell's on the line. Oh, hello, Russell. Now, interesting one. New thing for the podcast. The captain of the ship. That species has no name. And I'm saying, podcasters and podcast listeners, choose the name. Choose the name. Have a fight. Literally a physical fight. Don't come up with a silly name. Don't call them boogaloos or something. It's like as the, the captain's really dignified and marvellous and special. But I'm saying if you choose a name for that species, you, 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 Juno, your head judge, okay? You're in charge. And uh, pick a name and it will become canon and it will go into, like, books and things. When they do books, it'll be in a book. So get a name in a book. Book. Thank you. <laughs> Having just said, I never want to know anything about the species. They were scary and not knowing. Okay, right. I take this very seriously. So Mm. I would now, like Dragon's Den, I would like to hear your pitches for what we should call this species. Mm. I feel like the skull looked a bit like a horse. Like it's giving giving horse, it's giving donkey. So, (laughs) very tall donkey in a spacesuit. So, it's got to be something along those lines, hasn't it? there needs to be like a fancy name for a horse. Like, what's horse in Latin? Echus. Oh wow! Oh, we 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 we're getting somewhere. Yeah. I think like kind of like. Yeah. What's it? What's it in, in, in French, it's in like. Cheval. Cheval. Oh. Yeah. My mind was gonna go like chevalier, which I think is French for like knight. Mm-hmm. Which I think is kind Cheval- of chevalier. Cheval- the chevalier. Oh, are you going to fight each other or are you just, just so in agreement? I don't know, we're kind of like bouncing off each other here. The we're donkey going... rat. 
That's official Doctor Who podcast. <laughs> so, I think we've got one more envelope to open. We do, and it's mine. It's envelope number six. Let's see what we've got. Ah, it's interesting. One, it's a question. Does the doctor need a doctor? Oh, is, is I like the doctor? Are you okay, hon? <laughs> Are you okay, hon? No, I don't think the doctor's okay. No. Um, there's some trauma, generational trauma. <laughs> The doctors had a lot to deal with. And, you know, let's face it, this is 14 incarnations, or 14 plus however many incarnations. We've, you know, War Doctor, we've got other doctors. What a life. Mm. What a life. And, and between 10 and now 14, the doctors also gone through so much more in the gaps in between. Yeah. 11 went through so much. 12 had the whole heaven sent, what, billion years or, yeah. or so inside the, the, the dial. Yeah, Eleven was on the Christmas planet for hundreds of thousands hundreds of years, years as well, yeah, yeah. yeah. And also all of that heartbreak as well. Amy, Rory, you know, yeah, Clara. Clara, yeah. Um, you know, more recently, Yaz. Yeah. There's been a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> it's, it is a lot. And it's interesting because I think a lot of people assumed, I think wrongly, that Russell was going to kind of come back in and be like, this is a total cultural reset. You know, nothing that's happened has ever happened. So to actually hear the flux mentioned, mm-hmm. and I think it's fine to acknowledge that this is this is a person who has a past mm-hmm. and is now newly pansexual and fancies Nathaniel Curtis. <laughs> the 14th Doctor is not the 10th mm-hmm. Doctor. Yeah. And I think that's really important. I think we got mm-hmm. glimmers of that in the first episode, to, in Star Beast even. Look, it's not... It's not- crazy different from 10 but it's enough of these like small details mm. I think to establish this is a new person not just based on it's a regeneration so by definition it's new but also all of the lives that they've had in between yeah. can part, I think has partially influenced this doctor he's a bit more comfortable now expressing mm. his feelings um, than he used to be so what do you think is going to happen next week well <laughs> Wilf Wilf Oh Wilf Oh Wilf Dude I nearly got a little tear Again mm. That's twice Two in two now um, And so obviously there's a, Another cliffhanger ending mm. Something is afoot We know from the trailer There's Kate Stewart How do we fight the human race yeah. mm. So we'll We'll see what that's all about Yeah Something to do with the giggle I don't know mm. I initially, based on the trailers, seeing there's been sort of images of, oh, the world's gone mad, the world's gone against everyone. I assumed that was going to be more connected to the Star Beast, especially yeah. in, in concept of uh, the mind control. Like, I knew that at least that much. Um, but I, I guess evidently not. I guess this is now going to be leading to the Toymaker. Mm. Or will it be like, I guess, a, a collective thing? Maybe we find out who the Star Beast, uh, who uh, beat the Meep's boss was, and maybe Meep's mm. out to teaming up with Toymaker, yeah. hypnotizing people. Don't oh, know. Like it. But isn't it weird that after next week, this weird little mini season, it's basically it's a season finale. I've got yeah. that Don't. kind of old school season finale <sighs> feeling. It's mm-hmm. giving kind of journey's end. Like I'm not ready to say goodbye. No, don't want to say goodbye. Oh. oh, it's weird. It is weird. We might, we might get a regeneration next week. Oh my god, Ooh. quite possibly. Oh my god. Quite possibly. Do we think Donna will make it out alive? 
She better have do. She better have. I think she. I think we. I think dark podcast next week. Just crying the entire time. No, I think Donna's Donna's had her unhappy ending. I think she deserves a happy ending, and I don't. I I have to believe in my heart. Russell's not that cruel. Can you imagine if you did it twice? Yeah. I wouldn't put it past him. Actually, that's. I think think after the faint in the 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 first episode, we thought Donna might die here. I don't think we're gonna touch go down the road again. I think it's the the question is how do how does Donna and the family move forward and survive, and Mm. why do do they stay, and why does the doctor run away? Well, all of that will be revealed next week. Thank you so much for listening, and don't forget to subscribe to the official Doctor Who YouTube channel, and also wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.